0: Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDevitt. Today on Stories from the Heart, the story of a little girl who hears someone say that she was ugly. Is that why the other children won't play with me? she wonders. So she sets out on a mission to win them over. Stay tuned for another charming story on Another Stories from the Heart. ugly little girl what a hideously ugly child exclaimed one of two young girls as they passed a lady with her little daughter on the beach walk of a seaside resort her companion turned but colored as she saw by the flush on the lady's face that the remark had been overheard the little girl looked up at her mother does she mean me mama the mother hesitated for a moment I think she does dear but what of it "'Maybe,' said the child. "'That is what the girls and boys at the cottage whispered about "'when they saw me coming towards them this morning. "'And they didn't seem to want me to play with them. "'And when they asked me my name "'and I said you and Papa called me Blossom, they all laughed. "'You are getting too big to be called Blossom, Letty. "'We must stop it,' said Mrs. Allen, "'reflecting for the first time "'on how little the pretty pet name harmonized "'with the appearance of her to whom it had been so often "'and so lovingly applied.' "'The child repeated her question. "'Am I so very homely, Mama?' "'No, darling, no matter what other people may think, "'you are never homely to Mom and Papa.' "'But if I were not your child, "'would you think me homely?' persisted Letty. "'Well,' said Mrs. Allen, "'I want you to look tonight and tell me tomorrow "'just what your mirror tells you. "'Then we will talk the matter over.' "'And she bent down and kissed very tenderly, "'the pale, freckled face with its light gray eyes, thin lips, and decidedly prominent nose. No, the child was not and never could be pretty. But how precious to her mother's heart was she. The child left to Mr. And Mrs. Allen had always been delicate and seemed, on this account, doubly dear to her parents. Their love and her sweet affectionate disposition had blinded them to her personal defects, and at home, surrounded by relatives and friends who knew and loved her, Letty had never thought of her looks until today. Neither she nor her mother had realized that she was not as good-looking as at least the majority of children. The thoughtless remark of a stranger had rudely opened their mother's eyes and given her an additional cause for anxiety, anxiety lest the child should be made unhappy by the knowledge of her plain appearance. She was interrupted in her troubled thoughts by Mr. Allen, who drove up and asked Letty to take a drive with him. Instantly, the passing cloud left Letty's face and eagerly sitting herself by her father's side, she gave her mother such a bright good as they drove off that Mrs. Allen could not but flatter herself that the child had already forgotten the unpleasant little incident that had occurred. Though thoroughly enjoying the drive with her father, Lady had not by any means forgotten what had occurred. On the contrary, she could think of nothing else and was obliged to make an effort even to answer her father's questions. Gradually, conversation between them ceased altogether, and for a long distance not a word was spoken. And yet, Letty longed to ask him if he thought her so very homely. But the dread of seeing him hesitate, as he was a very frank man of hearing him bluntly say yes, restrained her. More than an hour passed, and then she suddenly asked, "'Papa, a person can't have everything, can he?' "'Why, Blossom, I thought you were asleep, you were so quiet.' What do you mean by your question, child? Why, answered Letty. no one has everything good, have they? Mr. Allen smiled. I never knew of anyone, Letty, who had everything just as he would like to have it. Of course not, said Letty. Then she added after a pause, Papa, shouldn't you think that a person who has everything just as she wants it, and everything except just one thing, ought to be satisfied and happy anyhow, knowing that she couldn't possibly have the one thing that she would like to have? Mr. Allen laughed heartily. Why, Letty, he said, you are quite a philosopher. Well, then, a girl, if she knows she cannot possibly have a thing, she would be very silly to make herself unhappy about it. You are right there, Blossom. But what is it my little girl would like to have that she cannot get? Letty blushed. Oh, Papa, I didn't mean you think it was I, but I am glad you feel as I do about it. And the remainder of the drive, Letty chatted with her father in the liveliest way possible, having evidently cast all disagreeable thoughts to the winds. The next morning she noticed with joy Letty's more than usual cheerfulness, and as they seated themselves on the veranda after breakfast, she felt her own spirits growing lighter. Letty looked over the railing, watching the merry groups of children playing on the lawn below. Occasionally, a boy or a girl would glance up at the quiet little figure gazing down upon them, but no invitations came for her to join them. Mama, do you wish I were pretty like all those other children? Yes, dear, if you could keep your sweet, bright temper, your obliging disposition and your good sense. But I would not exchange either one of these for the beauty of all those children put together. Really, Mama? And then Letty added, I looked in the mirror as you told me. I looked at myself just as though it were some other girl. And at first, Mama, I almost cried. I felt so sorry for the ugly face I saw there. No wonder they laughed when I told them I was called Blossom. Blossom, indeed. And I thought, Mama, how good you and Papa had been to love me so much, and how good my aunts and uncles and cousins have never been to tell me I was ugly, but always treated me so kindly. Well, do you remember what Robinson Crusoe did one day when he was very low-spirited on the desolate island? He wrote out all his griefs, and opposite to them he wrote his blessings, every one and there were ever so many more blessings than griefs. Well, I thought I would do like Robinson Crusoe, but when I got ready, I had any griefs to write down, only just this one, that I have not a pretty face. But I had such a long list of blessings that I got tired of writing them down. I am not going to think about my ugly face at all. I cannot make it any better, and Freddy will only make it worse, so I will try to forget it. But one thing I am going to do, "'I'm going to have those children like me. "'Just you see if I don't. "'And look at that lame little girl. "'I'm going to make her acquaintance the first thing. "'May I?' "'Yes, of course,' answered her mother. "'But first, let me tell you "'that Papa has hired a boat for you to row about on the lake. "'And I'll give you your first lesson "'in managing it this morning, so be ready.' Letty skipped down the steps of the veranda, and heedless of the surprised looks cast upon her by the other children, she made her way to the lame child. "'Shall I tell you a story?' she asked. "'Oh, please,' said the little child. "'Letty had read a great deal and was a first-class storyteller. "'She had an original way of illustrating the chief points of a story "'that added greatly to its interest. "'Not many minutes passed before the little lame girl "'lost her weary look and was listening intently. "'And then she laughed heartily as Letty puffed out her cheeks "'and shook her head in a funny way. "'Better to describe one of her characters.' And soon a boy stole up to listen, then a girl, then another boy, and before the story was halfway through all the children had left their play, and were seated around Letty, listening and laughing. When she was finished they said, Give us another, won't you? Not now, answered Letty, for there comes my papa to give me a lesson in rowing, but if you will all meet me after supper, I will tell you another story. All right, shouted the children, and Letty rose to meet her father. The lame child was left alone. And as Letty turned and saw her, she whispered to Mr. Allen, who at once went up to the little girl and invited her to go with them to the lake. In a few minutes the party, consisting of Mr. and Mrs. Allen, Letty, and little Rose, were seated in a boat skimming over the glassy surface of the lake. It did not take Letty long to learn something about managing the oars. The party returned to their cottage bright and happy, little Rosa, the lame girl, showing her gratitude in a most demonstrative manner. Mr. Allen carried the child to the door of her mother's room. A few moments afterwards, a message came from Rosa's mother, requesting Letty to go to her. She did so at once. I am Mrs. Mather, my dear, she said, and I want to thank you for your kindness to my little girl. She cannot play like the other children, and she has been lonely since we came here. You have made her very happy. And drawing Letty down to her, Mrs. Mather kissed her affectionately. From this time, a new life opened for our little heroine. The children did not let her forget her promise to entertain them that evening. When Letty appeared the next morning, there was a simultaneous cry from all the other children. Oh, come show us a new game! And a half a dozen pairs of hands reached out to grasp her and lead her to the yard. She proved herself quite as successful in directing games as she had done in telling stories, and soon became an indispensable personage wherever the children congregated. Really, remarked, a lady one morning as Lady sat on the floor of the hall amusing two or three babies while their nurses were at breakfast really I used to think that child painfully plain but she is such a good cheery little thing that I look at her now with positive pleasure On pleasant days she was out in her boat sometimes accompanied by her mother and sometimes with two or three of the other children for she soon became skillful with the oars and she was such a careful little body that mothers felt she could be trusted Most of the children went bathing in the ocean every day, but Mrs. Allen did not think it prudent for Letty to do so, though she was allowed to wear a bathing suit and paddle about the surf as much as she pleased. This and the rowing rapidly improved the little girl's health. In three or four weeks, her face and form had rounded out, and very respectable muscles were beginning to show themselves in her limbs. She was kept constantly busy, having taken command, as it were, of all the children of her own age and under. idle words ah me these terrible tongues of ours are we half aware of their magic powers do we ever trouble our heads at all where the jest may strike or the hint may fall the latest chirp of that little bird that evil story you must have heard we jerked them away in our gossip rash And somebody's glass, of course, goes smash. What fames have been blasted and broken? What pestilent sinks have been stirred? By a word in lightness spoken, By only an idle word. So, my angel of promise keep, To let my tongue at rest sleep. With there the dawn of morning bright, Sprinkle on it goodness and light. What fames have been blasted and broken, what pestilent sinks have been stirred by a word in lightness spoken, by only an idle word. Thank you for joining us on Stories from the Heart. An Ugly Little Girl was from the Young Catholic Messenger magazine. For a copy of this or any of my stories, email Sandra at net. Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For two years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.